Hello and welcome to the Active Growth Podcast, episode 34. Today's episode is kind of a spontaneous episode that I'm recording because I just listened to a podcast episode on The Fizzle Show. And this is an episode that deals with a heavy topic. It deals with mental health. It deals with issues that we might face and that are related to entrepreneurship in the sense that as entrepreneurs, we are all striving for success. We tend to be ambitious creatures and we're all striving to make more of ourselves and to achieve more and get more and have more maybe. And there can be underlying issues here that I think are important to address, even though it's not directly related to it. This isn't a how to build your business type conversation, right? But it is important for entrepreneurs it's kind of a, a meta peripheral kind of discussion. But I, like I say, I think it's important to have when it comes to mental health, when it comes to depression and things like that. I think a lot of people suffer in silence. And so it's important to talk about this. And that is so thank you very much to the Fizzle Show team for bringing this up and bringing this into my world. And I want to pass that on. Basically, I want to continue this conversation and I have a few things to say about this that I hope will help some people. So you can find the link to that Fizzle Show episode that I'm referencing in the show notes for this episode, as well as links to anything else I might mention during the podcast. So you can find all this at activegrowth.com forward slash 34. And with that said, let's get right into the main topic. I'm Shane Melach from Active Growth and also from Thrive Themes and also from a few things that don't exist anymore and that you've never heard of. I've been an entrepreneur for a fairly long time. And this is the context from which I want to share my thoughts on this topic that was started on the Fizzle Show podcast. To give a little bit of context, this Fizzle Show episode was about, or it started with the, these, this idea that it seems like lately there have been more and more instances of like high profile, successful celebrity people taking their own lives. And this is often kind of shocking to us when, when we see this, because on the one hand, this might be our heroes that are, that are taking their own lives. And that it kind of reveals that there's this shadow side to them that we never knew anything about. Maybe we only ever saw them, you know, smiling and, 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 being on stage or shaking hands with other celebrities and whatnot. And and it's like hard to imagine that there's this other side to them. But also because these are people who have everything that we strive for, right? As entrepreneurs, we strive for, I mean, we don't all strive for the same stuff, but in in general terms, we strive for success. We want to be successful, right? We want to build something successful. We want to we want to reach people. Uh, we want to have a successful business that brings in some money and maybe maybe you want to be super rich or maybe you just want to make a living. But in any case, you're striving for money and you're maybe striving for some recognition. I mean, everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody wants to not just do something and do something meaningful, but also be recognized for it, right? And part of that is having an audience and part of that is maybe also having, you know, recognition from, I don't know, like an authority, right? Maybe other people like experts in your field, you want to be recognized by them. And basically all of this, these celebrities, these these superstars, you know, whether they're in business or they're basically, however they, they got this status, 
they usually have this in droves, right? They've got they've got massive amounts of success. They've got huge audiences of people adoring them. They've got all the money in the world. And apparently, this doesn't fix these problems that that weigh them down so heavily that they end up taking their own lives. And this, of course, I mean, of course, we, we've all been told that money can't buy you happiness and all this. But still, I think we all still suspect that if we just had these things, we'd be we'd be happier, right? And especially if you're in the early stages, if you're struggling away, right? If you're kind of in the spaghetti phase or the ramen noodle phase of, of starting a business where you're really struggling and and you're struggling to make ends meet and you're working super hard and all that, it, it you cannot imagine that having success and money and so on wouldn't make your life look just significantly better you can't you can't imagine that and and that is that is true i think that's also part of the thing here is of course it is better it's more comfortable you're more likely to be happy if you don't have to you know fear for your how how you're gonna not get kicked out of your apartment next month or something like that right if you don't have to fear about how am I going to put food on the table and this kind of thing. But I think we take it too far in our minds and assume that, well, if we have these things, if we have enough success and money and so on, that will basically take care of all of our problems. And as it turns out, it won't. And especially when it comes to mental health issues, these deeper issues that lead to things like depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts and things like that are not at all affected by things like success and fame and money. Now, to hear more about this specifically, I recommend that you listen to that Fizzle Show podcast because I don't want to just kind of regurgitate this same idea. Instead, I have some other thoughts to share on this. And this is relating to, in general, to being an entrepreneur and to striving for things, to being ambitious. Because there's there's a problem here, which is that, of course, we can think about, okay, yes, money doesn't buy me happiness, and it's like, you know, success and all this accomplishment will, will not fill this hole inside of me, right? And sure, that's true, but we still, I mean, what does that make of our ambition? We still strive for more. We still strive for success. And like the solution isn't, to become a hermit and be like, oh, you know what, I'm I'm swearing off of all worldly things, and I'll you know I'll just sit in a cave somewhere and uh, feed myself off of I don't know bugs that I scratch off the wall. I mean, if that's what you want to do, go for it, right? But I don't think that is like the right solution. So, in other words, the realization that money doesn't make you happy and success won't won't solve these issues. The, the right response to that is not to like turn 180 and you know abandon all striving and abandon all attempts to build a successful business or as we often talk about here at active growth it's all about you know basically becoming a more effective entrepreneur becoming a more effective person building these skills you know making turning yourself into a better more effective more skilled version of yourself so there's there's that and how, how do we square that? That's basically what I want to talk about. How do we square that? How do we square this idea that we can kind of destroy ourselves in our striving for more 
but also we do want to create things. We do want to accomplish things. We do want to strive. And if you're building a business, you will have to get through some hard times. So let's talk first about this thing about hard times. I think they're a hugely important distinction to make is between, let's say, external hard times and internal hard times. And this is something that, you know, like I've said, like I say often, uh, building a business is very difficult. And you you will, it's it's often just a series of problems that you have to solve. And it's like this, this extreme sport of difficult problem solving. And where you have to, and this is one of the reasons why I talk about skills all the time, because these problems, it's like these, these shape-shifting problems, right? Once you've solved one of them, a new problem comes along, but it's a problem of a different nature that requires a different set of skills and a different way of thinking in order to solve it. So you can't just you can't just have your one skill and keep applying it to every new problem that pops up as an entrepreneur. It is it is more challenging than that. And this causes difficulties. This causes difficulties not only in terms of, you know, you're working hard, you're working long hours, you're stressed. It also causes difficulties in, in that you can start doubting yourself. You know, it's like, oh my God, I've I've done all this and here's the next thing that's smacking me down. Here's the next thing that makes me feel like I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it makes you, it can fill you with self-doubt and it can lead you to question, you know, what am I doing here? Should I be doing this? Am I good enough for this? And all this kind of stuff. And there's, you know, part of this is just part of the entrepreneurial journey. But then there's another part where this is an internal struggle where basically where the, the, the bad you feel about something is amplified, right? You feel you feel way worse about things than than you quote unquote reasonably should given the circumstances. And an indication of this is is when things flip around to become about your self-image. When it's not just this is difficult and maybe I didn't do a great job of solving this problem, but it also becomes, and therefore I am a bad person and I'm unworthy of anyone's love and I'm going to be a failure forever and so on and so forth, right? It becomes that kind of thing where it becomes about you and your value. When that kind of thing happens in your mind, that is the kind of thing that, I, you know, one of the difficult things here is to kind of try and recognize the difference between, okay, I'm feeling bad because I'm under pressure and stress and so on and that's just part of what I do as an entrepreneur or I'm feeling bad because... I'm doing this thing to myself in my brain and if I didn't have these external difficulties right now I would find another reason to feel bad right I would it's like this inner demon is is haunting me about this entrepreneurial problem right now but if I didn't have this entrepreneurial problem it find something else and I'd manage to make myself feel miserable about something else so why is it important to make this distinction I think it's very important to make this distinction in order to know what is the kind of thing where you have to grit your teeth and push through? And what is the kind of thing where you have to go, hold on, this is, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to put up with this because entrepreneurial problem solving, building your business difficulties, that's the kind of thing where you go, okay, I've got to be tougher than this, right? And I've, I've just got to grind through the hard times. Let's do it, right? But this depression, anxiety, making yourself feel miserable, this kind of thing is not something to put up with it's not something where you go well this is just what it's like right uh, this is, i'll just have to kind of tough it out this is the kind of thing where you have to say well no i could be doing all of my entrepreneurial stuff i could be living my life without any of this nonsense right and, and this is where finding a way to deal with this talking to people about it getting help about it 
uh, getting yourself checked out, seeing if you need medication or whatever is, is the right thing to do. And that's important. Like I said, making this distinction is really important because if you just apply the one logic to everything, if you're just like, well, whatever comes up, I'm just going to grit my teeth and be like, okay, I've got to deal with this. Or basically I've got to, I've got to accept that this is the way it is. I've got to accept that building a business is hard, but I don't have to accept depression and anxiety and things like that in my life. Now, how do you build this type of awareness? I have to say the only way I know how to do that is through meditation and writing. In other words, through introspective work. So meditation, to give you a very a very simple idea of what I mean by meditation, is, is essentially if you sit down or stand or lie down, it doesn't really matter, your position doesn't matter, and you start paying attention to your breath. And you just pay attention, you try and pay attention to the entirety of breathing in and breathing out. And what's inevitably going to happen is that you get distracted. So you start doing this and probably a few seconds into it, you're not really focusing on your breath anymore. Some thought has popped into your head and you're following a train of thought. And at some point you notice that you go, oh, I'm following this train of thought and you bring your attention back to your breath. And you do this over and over again for several minutes at a time. Now, if you, if you have a mind like mine, it can be extremely frustrating because you will be interrupted from paying attention to your breath about a million times a second, right? So you're almost never actually paying attention to your breath. You're only experiencing your distraction from it. And, it, but it, and it's like that for most people. Um, you know, most people will basically barely be able to pay attention to one entire breath in and out before they get distracted. But for some people, it's even worse than that, right? But that's fine. Now, why is this important? Like, you know, why do this? This seems like a strange exercise to do, right? Well, one of the things, it, it simply teaches you to watch your own mind. It seems you can take a little step back and realize, oh, this is happening. This thought arose and now I'm following this thought to also make the choice that I, I don't have to keep following this thought just because I started thinking this. I don't have to finish this sentence in my mind. I don't have to finish this train of thought in my mind. I can choose to just go, just let that go and bring my attention back to what matters to me. And it is this kind of practice that for me has allowed me to, I think of it as like opening up a gap in my mind, right? Where a thought comes along and instead of just getting right on board with it i kind of realize oh this is a thought and i can decide whether i want to get on board with that or not and this kind of thing is what helps me make the distinction between what i just talked about before right where it's like is this a real external problem or is this just me making myself miserable second thing is writing and by, by that i mean something like you know kind of like journaling so maybe you wake up every morning and you write about how do I feel right now? What do I want to do today? What's important to me? What, what thoughts are on my mind? You kind of do a brain dump, right? And then maybe you, later in the day or in the evening, you do kind of a review of the day. And, and that, I think, would actually be the most important one to do, right? You, you review kind of your state of being. How did things go today? How am I feeling today? How, you know, this kind of thing. You try to, yeah, you try to have like a, a more objective view of your day. And again, this gives you this distance, this analytical distance where sometimes you can look back and say, oh, wow, 
you know, here I did something in my mind that was for me. And the more often you notice this kind of thing, the more likely you are to be able to notice it in the moment. So now let's talk about this thing about ambition. We, we realize, or we have to get to realizing that striving for success, striving for recognition, trying to build an audience and so on, to get this validation, to feed this need inside of us, or to basically delude ourselves and say, well, once I'm successful, then I'm no longer going to be unhappy. That's simply not true. That is not how the human mind works. So we have to realize that. But what do we make of striving and ambition in this case? And for me, there's, there's a very important way to look at this. And unfortunately, all I can offer here is, is essentially a new version of a cliche, right? You have definitely heard this before. In fact, you've probably heard this about a thousand times before. And the thing is, in my personal experience, it took me a long time to get to the point where, I, where this clicked for me, where I really got this. And I think part of why I finally got this was because I was told often enough by, you know, in, in many different ways until at some point I could have this insight myself. So that's what I want to offer you. I want to offer you one more way to think about the same thing that you've been told before and hopefully that gets you one step closer to making it click for you. So this cliche I'm talking about is that it is not about the goal, it's about the journey, right? It is about, it's not about the, the arriving at the end and finding the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? That's just like chasing after the carrot on the stick. You will be striving forever and you will never reach that thing that you think you ought to reach. You'll never reach that moment of peace and happiness. And and by the way, one of the ways you can know this for sure is if you, if you start, basically look at your uh, progress so far. Because if you've had any measure of success, then I'm sure that you are in some denial about it. And what I mean is that, you know, if you already run a business that is, is doing something that's like, even if it's not wildly successful, right? If you have a business that's working, then there's a past version of you who would have thought, well, you know, that's, that's amazing, right? Once I have a business that makes some money, once I have a business that pays the bills, that, that would be so good. But now that you have that, it doesn't feel like that anymore. The goalposts have moved. And it's, you know, it's this kind of thing where, you know, you dream about, oh, if I have had a million dollars, everything would be better. Once you have a million dollars, you're like, well, you know, it's really like 10 or 20 million. That's where it's at, right? Once you have 10 or 20 million, it's like, well, you know, my neighbor's a billionaire and so on. It never stops, right? You never arrive. So it's not about the goal. And striving for that illusory end goal is pointless. But what do we make of this? What do we make of this cliche, right? Well, here's what makes sense to me. And here's something that is practical for me that I can apply to what I'm doing. And it takes the form of a question. And that question is, is this right now a journey worth having? Is what I'm doing right now a journey worth having? In order to be able to ask and answer this question. You've got to have that kind of distance that I talked about before. So again, you know, a meditation practice and writing is going to help you be able to give a, a real answer here, right? To give you that kind of perspective where you can look at what you're doing right now and answer that question. 
Is what I'm doing right now, is this a journey worth having? And this isn't just about, am I having fun right now? You know, because I think that's often, that's, that's often like the alternative is, okay, if the end goal doesn't matter, right? If, if it's not about reaching this idea, reaching the goalpost, right? Reaching the finish line, then, well, YOLO, who cares, right? Nothing, nothing matters, live every day as if it was your last. Well, no, no, because then that's just about hedonism, right? It's just about, well, how can I have, am I having fun right now? Am I experiencing pleasure right now? No, well, you know, maybe I'll shove a cake in my face because then I'll experience pleasure, at least for the time that it's actually passing through my mouth, right? And then once the cake is done, then I'm like, am I feeling good right now? No, I ate an entire cake. I feel terrible. So what do I do now, right? So this doesn't work that the replacement for this is not just, am I having fun right now? But is, is the journey I'm on right now, is this a journey worth having? And part of that journey is your ambition and your striving. So when I look at what I'm doing with my, with my business, my entrepreneurship, there have been many, many hard times, right? There have been many hard times. There's always these difficult problems to solve. But if I look at what I'm doing right now, even if it's a difficult period, it is clear to me that this is the kind of thing I want to be doing. You know, it's clear to me that this is the kind of journey I want to have. And part of this is that I don't want to be the kind of person who simply lives a comfortable life. I don't want to just maximize comfort in my life. So you can think of this as like, let's say you go on on a hiking, camping trip, right? So you, you decide, okay, I'm going to go out into the mountains, into the forest. I'm going to take my tent, my sleeping bag, you know, backpack full of stuff. And I'm going to spend a few days out in nature. Now, even as you set off, you know that this isn't going to be comfortable the whole time. You know that, in fact, most of the time, it's going to be a lot less comfortable than sitting at home on your couch. You're going to be scrambling up steep hills. You're going to be bitten by mosquitoes, maybe. You're going to be, you know, callousing up your hands, gathering firewood, stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff there where in the moment, in the individual moment, if you ask yourself, am I having fun right now? It's like, no, this isn't fun, right? My my feet are hurting because I've been wearing these these shoes all day long and walking all day long. And my, my legs are burning because I'm walking uphill all the time. I'm hungry. And this, I'm not, this isn't, this very moment is not a moment filled with pleasure. But is this a journey worth having? And overall, the experience of being out in nature and even the experience of doing some hard stuff and kind of having, you know, a simple meal cooked on a fire that isn't a gourmet meal, but it's kind of like the reward at the end of a hard day. This kind of thing is, is a journey worth having. And if, if I think about life, if, if I make this an analogy for life, I would much rather be the kind of person for whom most of life is this kind of outdoor hiking adventure than the kind of person for whom it is, you know, staying at home watching Netflix. So when, when I look at a difficult period in my, in my business, then it's clear to me that this is a journey worth having because this is just, okay, yes, I'm suffering right now, but this is the kind of thing where, you know, this is the equivalent of scrambling up a steep hill. And, and then also if I go, well, it seems like one difficult period is followed with, by the next, followed by the next, followed by the next. It's also true. And again, for, the, for your hiking trip, that's also true. It's like, you know, once you've made it to the top of, the, of that mountain, it's like, oh, it's starting to get cold. It's starting to get dark. Now I have to gather the firewood and so on, make sure I don't freeze to death overnight. 
it's basically one problem after the other, but somehow overall, it's a very satisfying thing to do. And at least for me, it's clear to me that I'd rather do that kind of thing than just maximize comfort in my life. And part of this journey can be, and often is, you know, striving to create something and striving to achieve something, striving towards some kind of a milestone. And we've talked about this before. I think it's much, much better to have very specific goals in mind that you want to reach. So instead of just having a vague dream of, well, I want to be, you know, super rich and famous, that's, uh, you know, that's the kind of goal where the the goalposts are always going to be shifting. But to have very specific milestones where you say, you know, I want to reach this kind of outcome within the next three months, for example, striving towards that kind of thing, that is part of that journey. That's part of the thing is to find myself here looking at what I've accomplished so far and saying, okay, this is good, but I want more. And here's specifically what I want and why I want it. And, you know, if you're in a position, if you're well enough off to be able to decouple money from that, then that's great. I think early on in the journey, when, again, during the ramen years, the money is definitely also part of this goal. And it's the same thing there. Don't just think, well, I want to be a millionaire or a billionaire or something or I just don't never I don't ever want to have to worry about money anymore. Set yourself a goal. Say this is the income level I want. Right? Set yourself a, a budget basically. Say this is every month I want to have this much money to cover my expenses, this much money to save, this much money to invest, this much money to spend on fun. That's what I want. So that's my income goal. And then strive for that. Try to break that down into milestones. And striving for this kind of thing, even if it is money, is part of this journey and it is a good thing to do and again i think here being specific about it being specific about these are the numbers i want to achieve this is the timeline this is how i want to do it i think that can also protect us from this illusion of and then when i get there it's going to finally solve all my problems and make me happy right if you're much more clear about it well this is the budget i will have this is how i will allocate my money and that means I can, you know, I can pay rent and I can buy food and I have a bit of stuff to buy gadgets or whatever I'm into buying, right? I can go out with friends. That's what it's going to do, but it's not some magical distant goal that somehow is going to solve all my problems. It, it makes us more realistic about what are these goals and what are they actually going to do for us? And when you have your financial basics covered, then I think that it's about meaning. And that is where... Also, you know, when it comes to to mental health, mental health issues and so on, striving for the creation of meaning, doing creative work and doing engaging work is actually, in my experience, extremely important for this. And there's a whole interesting, relatively new science behind this that looks at the brain and part of the brain that is called the default mode network. And, And so like the name implies, it's like that's your default mode. So when you're kind of doing nothing, if you if you just stand and stare at a wall for a moment, your default mode network kicks in and starts doing things like reminding you of things you should be worried about or playing tapes, you know, playing old tapes of things you keep telling yourself over and over again, usually negative things. All this kind of stuff, right? This rumination. So when people spend time ruminating, that's default mode network thinking. And that generally makes people miserable. And as it turns out, one of the ways in which to kind of turn off the default mode network is to be highly engaged in something you care about. 
And that for me, for sure, is entrepreneurship to, to a large degree, right? I get engaged in these things. I, I care about, you know, building better products. I care about um, basically all the creative work I do. And that gets me engaged to the point where like this, this part of my brain, the default mode network kind of shuts off while I'm focused on all this stuff. And, and that gives my life quality. And interestingly, time you spend in like, you know, distracted light entertainment. So if you are just watching Netflix, that does not suppress your default mode network very well. A good indicator of this is, are you reaching for your phone? Right? Because if you're engaged in challenging work, you kind of get lost in that work. And that is essentially good for you. That's good for your mental health. So that's, that's a good kind of getting lost. It's kind of an ego suppression, and that's good for you. But if you're watching a show on Netflix, very likely you're checking your phone every once in a while, and that shows that you're not really very engaged here, right? So the more you reach for your phone, the, the more deeply you are in the default mode network part of your brain. And that, if you have depressive tendencies, is really, really bad for you. All right, so those are my thoughts on this issue of managing not only your business, but also managing yourself, managing your mental health, and specifically on, on you know with the things I do and the way I think in order to to square off this this kind of almost paradoxical thing, which is like, oh, don't strive for the end goal, but you're an entrepreneur, so you're going to be ambitious. You're going to strive for things. What do you do with that? I hope that these ideas that I've shared with you are going to help you. I hope that uh, maybe it sparks some ideas of your own. Maybe it sparks a discussion and. Again, thank you to the the Fizzle Show for kind of starting this conversation, or at least in my world, you know, that's the that's the thing that I came across. And if you enjoyed this, if you think this is important, then please pass it on to someone else as well. Now, before we wrap things up, I want to respond to some voice messages. We haven't done that in a while. So let's go through a couple of voice messages that you've sent in. And you can do this, by the way, you can go to the Active Growth Podcast. So you can go to the show notes of this episode, for example, activegrowth.com forward slash 34. And there is a button there that you can tap or click to record a voice message. And it might be featured on the podcast. The first message here is from Jack Griffin. What stage am I in is embarrassingly zero revenue from the digital products. Yes, of course, I have some consulting business and I give keynote speeches and I write for a magazine, but none of that counts. The only thing that counts is revenue for the digital product and it's zero. So the first thing to do is focus on changing that to not zero before doing anything else at all, which means that I'm focusing on the uh, building the products on the website that I can actually sell, hoping that someone will threaten me with an order and that I'll be able to respond. Um, I thought that the web, that, uh, that podcast was very useful, but you could take it a couple more levels deeper for the solopreneur, depending upon what phase of their business they're in. Anyway, thanks very much. Very helpful and looking forward to more episodes. First of all, thank you very much for your message, Jack. And yes, I agree. So it's an interesting situation that you can be in, right? Where you, like you say, you've got some stuff going, but... The thing you care most about is at zero. And in terms of, you know, what stage you're at, we have tried to build up the Active Growth Podcast in such a way that it really starts at zero, right? Our very first series and our very first episodes are really like, okay, how do you 
how do you go from zero to something? And also we have this specific method that we teach there, right? The, the customer first approach where I think a lot of people fall into this trap where it's like, well, I'm going to build a website and I'm going to start promoting it. I'm going to build an audience on social media and then I'm going to try to get that audience to my website. And eventually at some point, I'm going to make a product and make some money. And interesting, it kind of ties in with what I talked about today, right? It, it, it's also this kind of vague goal that at some point when I've done this all this work, then I'm going to be in a situation where I have all these raving fans and then I can sell something. And it's it's kind of a way to procrastinate. And it's kind of a way to say, yeah, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm doing this, right? But there's basically no hope of ever getting to the other side of that giant pile of work. And so it kind of keeps us a bit safe as well, in a sense. We don't have to actually take that risk, take that plunge. We can tinker away. But yeah, if you know, if, if you feel like, I don't know if you've listened to the whole, you know, the whole podcast so far, what, what the situation is, but we tried to design the beginning of the podcast in such a way that it is, that it should address these issues that you're talking about. So if it doesn't, or if the, if you listen to those episodes, you go, well, you know, there's questions that this doesn't help me with, or I'm still stuck, then please let us know. Please let us know, send us another message because we definitely want to fill the gaps. You know, if there are any gaps here, we, we want to help you go from zero to something. The next message is from Kevin. Let's give it a listen. I knew a fair amount about the internet stuff and marketing and websites before I met you on Thrive Themes. But now I'm totally a Thrive Themes and active growth focused. Uh, my websites are Thrive Themes. The Thrive Architect is just an awesome program. It saves so much time. And now on these podcasts, which I listen to all the time, you're actually dealing with the business and teaching people how to do things like manifestos and make good offers and copywriting. You guys are awesome. Uh, you've certainly affected everything I do online. And so I wanted to stop in and say thanks. Even this cool little speak pipe uh, record my message in the show notes. It's just awesome. You guys are doing a great job. All right. Thank you very much for that message, Kevin. This is, um, there's basically no question in here, but, but I really appreciate this message anyway. I, and I have to say, this is one of those things um, where this makes such a big difference because for me, especially on active growth, this is just the primary thing. This is the, the reason why I haven't just shuttered active growth. Because from a business standpoint, it makes no sense that I'm doing this podcast or that I'm still doing stuff on active growth because Thrive Themes takes up 150% of my time already. And active growth basically makes, I mean, it makes a little, there's a little bit of revenue from some affiliate links somewhere, but it is a total loss, right? It is a total loss of my time and my money. But... The reason I keep doing it is exactly because of this is because there are things that I want to talk about. There are, there are ideas I want to express. There's content I want to create that just doesn't belong over on Thrive Themes. It just doesn't fit that that umbrella, right? And if it was just about me, then I would just write in my journal, right? <laughs> but every once in a while, I get a message like this of someone saying, hey, this actually makes a difference to me. I really, really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. So thank you very much. Next message is from Elsa. I want to bring my gifts to the world and, uh, you know, put the customer first. I absolutely love what you're saying and doing. But I feel that uh, if I'm uh, focusing on the legal ways of doing so, like, you know, where I find my taxes and where I do all of that things, 
does this have to be said before I even come out publicly in a way of uh, what I have to share? Because um, I feel like if I'm looking into the legal ways, I don't understand the world at all. It's just too overwhelming to me. And I don't understand all of the ways how the money moves and what happens there. And just it's it just feels like I have to pay so much and I don't even know how this all balances out and how I can actually even have a profit from it. I would like you to maybe uh, discuss or touch a topic. You know, let's for instance, Shane, I see that you your business is located in Switzerland. I don't know why. Some people who have followed their business who are digital nomads has been is in Panama maybe it's a tax-free thing so you know it's a very interesting thing I don't understand why people you know legalize the business in some kind of a country you know they they have some kind of reasons and I mean I feel like I do I have to do the business you know the legal ways and the paperwork before I even start selling something I feel like it's stopping me actually doing it so if I'm gonna start looking into the legal ways I feel as if I'm gonna froze and I'm gonna procrastinate everything I would really really love to hear your thoughts on this one and just um, you know share how to approach what are your ideas and thoughts on on, on that um, yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you for everything that you're giving I love it I love it I love it All right. Thank you very much for your message, Elsa. This is a good question that it's true we haven't addressed. And one of the reasons we haven't addressed it, by the way, actually, there's two big reasons why. First of all, this topic, to me, anything, you know, legal, bureaucracy, all this kind of stuff, this is, to me, like, you know, garlic to a vampire. This absolutely destroys me. And, you know, it's it's really serious. I also had to acknowledge this at some point, again, talking about this Um, mental health issue actually you know everybody hates taxes and bureaucracy and all this kind of stuff but I had to acknowledge at some point that for me this isn't just something I hate this is something that is really bad for me when I have to deal with these things for whatever reason this is basically a trigger for me right this is like a depression trigger for me and so for me it's very important to keep that stuff away from me in the business so that's one reason the other reason is you know clearly not an expert on this either because of that right The other reason is that we have a, an international audience and this is different in every country. Um, so there's no you know, there's no one right answer. But let me give you just from, from my experience, so as a non-lawyer and as someone who's definitely not an expert on this, but I, I have been doing this for many years and I have started multiple legal businesses and all this kind of thing, right? So from my experience, there's a couple of things I want to tell you. The first is that Whatever your jurisdiction is, um, so you know whatever your home country is, see if there is. There's two things I would look for. First of all, is there some kind of a very simple business form that you can um, that you can start? So you can basically create this business entity, but it is you know very cheap and very simple. So I know that this is true in Switzerland and it's true in in some other countries as well. From what I've talked to people. So in Switzerland, uh, which is where I'm from, there is a form of business that is like a personal business. And it's meant for, you know, if I'm like, I have a little shop and that that's my business. And it's not, I'm not, you know, I don't have a huge organization with multiple branches and all this kind of thing, right? And that kind of business is kind of how you can start. And it's very easy to form and it's it's much easier with taxation and so on. It's much easier than forming a corporation or a publicly traded company. That's usually then where you have to get lawyers involved and you have to have a lot of money and all this kind of thing, right? But see if there is such a form of a, of a very simple kind of starter business entity that you can form. 
The second thing is see what the laws are about, you know, basically how much income you can earn before you have to declare this an official business. Because again, this will be different depending on jurisdictions, but depending on where you are, there might be some rule that says, you know, something. If you, if you with some personal business activity, if you make up to whatever, you know, up to some amount of money per year, if it's under that, then you don't have to worry about the legal stuff so much, right? Uh, and again, so, or it, there might just be rules where, you know, under a certain amount of income, like before you reach that threshold, you don't have to apply for VAT or something like that. So again, th and this totally depends on where you live, but there might be some things in place that make it easier to get started. And the final thing is that for purely digital businesses, if, if you, there is no local component to your business, then it is uh, interesting to think about, well, what was the best place to incorporate? And one place that I recommend you look at is Estonia. Estonia are from the side of the government trying to be as um, digital friendly as possible and trying to invite digital startups. And there's also a service that I, off the top of my head, don't know, but I'll link to it in the show notes. Okay, I'll link to this in the show notes um, where you have a service that helps you with your business formation and with the paperwork and so on, which is specifically for you know, small entrepreneurs starting up. So like I said, this is definitely not a topic that I can say much about and, and you definitely should never take anything resembling legal advice from me, but those are, that's basically the best advice I can give right now. All right, so thank you everyone for sending in the messages and questions. I really appreciate that very much. If you would like to send in your own message, you can go to activegrowth.com forward slash 34. At the bottom of that post, there's just a little button you can tap to leave your own voice message. I appreciate any kind of questions, feedback, and so on. You can also send a tweet to at ActiGrow and with your question, and we sometimes read those on the show as well. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Shane Malach. This is the Active Growth Podcast. And I hope you'll tune in again next time.